Welcome to Power Talk with Caitlin Power. I'm Caitlin, a certified clinical hypnotherapist who helps you clear out the BS subconscious beliefs that have been keeping you from reaching your goals. And I show you how to upgrade your identity into the most confident, fulfilled you that you were always meant to be. So if you're ready to stop playing small and join transformative conversations around mindset, manifestation, business, wellness, and hear from the it girls that are out there living their dream lives, I'm so excited to have you here. Let's get started. Hi, friends. Happy Valentine's Day week. I have the perfect episode for the occasion. Whether you're single, you're in love, this episode is going to teach you so much. I promise you will walk away from this episode learning something that you are so happy to have learned. I have the amazing Taylor Carr as our special guest. She is an acclaimed dating, femininity, and relationship coach, that is a tongue twister, (laughs) who helps ambitious, anxiously attached women attract high-quality love. We talk masculine and feminine energetics, which if you didn't know, every gender has both, and it's about finding the balance that is right for you. We talk about manifesting love. We talk about if you're a woman and you find someone in a place attractive should you be the one to go up to them. If you are desiring a more masculine man and you are trying to be in your feminine magnetism, how do you tap into your feminine magnetism? Especially if you're a woman like so many of us that are in the masculine for most of the working day, which is that action, the achieving goals, the do, do, do. How do you go home and lean into that soft girl into your feminine magnetism and allow the masculine to be the masculine when all day long you've been in the masculine. We also talk about red flags to look out for with love bombing. We talk about how to break the good girl, the nice girl of always needing to be nice. How can you be kind and still be strong? We dive into so much in this episode. Without further ado, here is my conversation with Taylor Carr. Hey, Taylor. Welcome to Power Talk. Hey, Caitlin. Thanks for having me. It's about freaking time. <laughs> I know. What have we been doing? I don't know. It's been years. <laughs> it's been years, but we're here. We made it. And I'm so thrilled to be talking with you because I was just telling you, I was watching her Instagram stories, like the things that you share for free on there, the wisdom, the power, it's just insane. So if you're not following Taylor, go do that immediately. <laughs> no, it's so good. I have so much I want to talk to you about, but first I just want to start with someone that has never heard of feminine and masculine energetics, and they don't know how to harness their feminine because they've been stuck in that masculine that society really has us as women living in every day, that hustle, that grind. Can you explain what that is and how they can start tapping into their feminine? Yeah, absolutely. So masculine and feminine energetics and dynamics, I just want to like highlight that this is not what so much of social media has been like pretending or or selling it as. And I think that it makes creators like us a little frustrated when we see like, oh, just be like dressed like this dark feminine 1950s housewife who manipulates men and he'll do whatever you want. I think it's very frustrating to see that because when you really dive into masculine and feminine dynamics and energetics, you understand that this is a very, very old teaching from from the East. And it's this beautiful idea that two halves create a whole. Not to say that you aren't whole, you are both, you are masculine and feminine within yourself, but masculinity is all about structure. 
here. It's grounded. It's a little forceful. It's going to be a little bit more on the violent side. It's going to be more logical. And feminine energy is more flowing and creative and sensual and delicious and emotional. And these two pieces of yourself come together within you to create the whole. And that's why you hear so many people talking about it in relationship, polarized relationships, because if I want to lean more on one pole, then he has to lean on the other. That's what I crave. That's what I want to attract. So I'm going to lean more feminine to receive more masculine. So that's where it's beautiful. And then where it gets twisted is this idea that men have to be ultra masculine and women have to be ultra feminine to be at all. Or it's, it's, it's not this divine balance that we're supposed to be doing. Right. And can you talk about how people are, that balance is thrown off. So how is that showing up? How is that manifesting in relationships with a straight man and a straight woman where the man is falling into his feminine and the woman is going into that masculine too much? Yeah, absolutely. So to to kind of even like circle back to what you said, every structure in society was built with with masculinity in mind. Work hard, nine to five work week, red means stop, green means go. Everything is just hyper logical and we created it that way for the masculine energetics, but also for the male body. And I think we're getting more and more clear on that as we go. So when we have a man who's hyper feminine, he's going to be more in that like whimsical woo, like, I don't really know what's next. I'm just going with the flow. And the woman has no choice but to kind of stay in that very masculine space that she probably is in her work, in her career. That's like, it's okay. I got it. I'll handle it. I'll set up the plan. Hey, when are we going out again? I'd love to see you. It's this pursuing energy. And in the beginning, I think one of the things, because you know, I'm a dating and relationship coach, so I want to bring in some of that love stuff. In the beginning, it's sexy. In the beginning, it's like she's empowered and she knows what she wants and she's going for it. And the men eat that up. They love it. But it turns into this mother-child dynamic where she's handling everything all the time and not being romance, not being loved, not being adored. And I would say probably most women fall into this, especially in like the modern day feminist movement. Most women are like, I got it. You know, we're, we're business owners. We got it. We can do everything by ourselves. And we want to make sure that the men know that. Um, but when we do that, we set our, our future selves up for failure because now you're the woman who's nagging. Now you're the woman who's like, you never take me on a date. You never help me with this. You never help with the kids. I'll just do it. I'll just handle it. I don't trust you. And then the relationship breaks. It's so hard to come back from that space. Yes, I have been there. <laughs> As he said, a lot of us have been there. And it's because of how we grew up, at least how I remember it, is very much coming into that boss babe revolution of I can do anything that men can do. And of course, but there's something so beautiful and sexy and powerful about being a woman. And I think that we lost a lot of that, or at least you can never lose it, but lost touch with it and why we want to be feminine. And again, it's that balance, but being able to be that boss in the workplace and at home being a woman. And of course you can take care of things. That's, that's not even a question. Of course I can do X, Y, and Z. It's, I don't want to have to all the time because the man likes to take care of a woman. He wants to provide. And that doesn't just mean financially. It means providing that support, that love, and that feels so good. And you don't realize that you're doing it, I think, until the relationship is crumbling and you're left with dust and you go, how did we get here? 
Yeah. And it's so funny, like the amount of like examples flashing through my mind right now, because I also mediate in marriages from time to time. And I'll see the way the woman is very hyperlogical and she's talking through the things and the man is hyper feminine and he's feeling all these things or vice versa. The woman's feeling so much and the man is so logical. He's like, I don't understand why she's crying right now. And there's like, there's no beautiful divine balance of the in-between. And I was thinking about, I know this is going to be so pop culture-y, but I was thinking about The Bachelor and I was thinking about Zach's season for anyone who saw it and how I knew, spoiler, that Katie won that season. And it was literally the moment that on Hometown Dates, all the girls took him on like a fun date. And she was like, you're going to come to my house and set up the shelf for me. And, and if you want to be my boyfriend or my husband, I have to know that you can fix things around the house. And so he's like around her house, fixing things, setting up the shelf. And I was like, she just won. And she won. She just won because he feels like a man. <laughs> he was like, oh, look at all this value that I, I offer to her life. And I think when we understand the fundamental desire of masculine energy, even if it's in a woman and she is masculine, we understand that like craving to feel valuable. And as when, when we're hyper-masculine and we don't want to be, we take away their ability to feel valuable in our lives. Like I remember I was dating this wonderful guy and he was like, the least I can do is all of this for you because as a woman, you add so much value to my life. Like this is the least I could do. And that was so healing for me to hear. Yeah. I love that. I think that it's not to anyone who's listening to this, like, oh, so I'm just never supposed to challenge a man. And because men like that, like you said, especially in the beginning where it's like, oh, she challenges me. Oh, she's keeping me on my toes. It's not that you're not being intellectual in yourself and being sarcastic and all the wonderful things that you are. It's that that primal thing that you don't realize that you want and you crave until you see it. And it's, if I'm sure women listening can think of a time where they are being pursued by a man in a restaurant or a bar or out, you know, at the beach or whatever. And someone that just is like, I got this, like, I want to take you here and we're going to go here. Not, Oh, what do you, what do you want to eat? I don't know. What do you want to eat? It's like, we deal with that all day long. We are bosses. We work all day long. We make decisions all day long. It's so nice to be able to lean back and have someone say like, I'm just going to take care of this. And of course, knowing that what you like to eat, you know, not taking you to American if you don't like American or whatever, but it's that I will, I want to take care of you and I want you to be able to just relax and enjoy and be here and be present. Oh, and it's so beautiful. And I was thinking about one of my clients. I mean, I work with women who lean more masculine and they want to learn to be more feminine to attract this type of man. That is their desire. And so I work with lawyers. I work with doctors. I work with women in the military. I work with women in pharmaceuticals. Like they're pretty intense. I have a client right now who's a, um, an airplane mechanic, like they, they're masculine women, you know, and they're crushing it. Um, but I, I think one of the things that's really fascinating to continue to unravel in all these different types of women is this, like, I'm craving to be feminine and they want to control everything. And they have the hardest time releasing that control, even to me as their coach and mentor. Um, and, and then they want to put hands on with the guys and they're like, I'm craving a masculine guy who will do it. But then they're instantly texting them like, Hey, I want to see you on, you know, Friday, I would love to set something up. And then the guys instantly respond like, okay, let me know what you have in mind. And I'm like, do you see what just happened? Mm -hmm. Now he's in his feminine and he's going to like it for a moment until he resents you later. And like you mentioned, 
Um, that doesn't mean don't challenge them. In fact, being feminine is all about like we're challenging. Like we we can push back. We can be sassy. We can say no. We can have opinions. This is actually what makes us more desirable in our feminine energy versus like self-abandoning and like, oh, I'm just so sweet all the time. That's not femininity. Exactly. It's not the good girl, which I think a lot of us have also. I know I've struggled with that where you grow up being, do this, Caitlin, be a good girl. Don't do that. Be a good girl. And of course, that's just parents trying to get you to behave, which makes sense. But we carry that into our adulthood. Oh, I, sh I shouldn't do that because I'm a good girl. And it's that not going for what you want because of that. I might not, I might not show as nice, like she, she's not nice or she's a bitch or this and that because it's you're faltering back to that good girl energy. Do you deal with that a lot with your clients? It's all of it. <laughs> like it's, it's, <laughs> girls, it's perfectionists, you know, it's, it's uh, anxiously attached to women very specifically. And all that comes with good girl perfectionist energy. And that was so me, like, I was so small. I was so tiny. I was so like, I'm just, I'm just like sweet and I couldn't handle conflict and it didn't make me a dream woman by any means. And like now when I hear women tell me that, I'm like, ah, oh, but babe, like I'm, you, it's time for you to be a bad girl. I'm so ready for you to be a bad girl. <laughs> what are some things, some actionable tips that you give your clients for people that do struggle with that, that I need to be nice. I have to be the good girl. How can they kind of take that on where they can step more into their feminine magnetism? Mm -hmm. Practice saying no is always the first thing. And like empowered no, not rigid, like bitchy no. Um, I think that that's what happens a lot right now is this like rigid energy. Like we put these masculine shields up to protect ourselves and we get really in that. And it, I, I want people to practice saying no kindly and softly and, and staying in uh, alignment and wholeness with themselves. No, I'm good. Thank you so much though. I really appreciate it. No, that doesn't work for me, but thank you. No, I think I'm going to pass tonight, but thank you so much. It's so much more empowering when you say no like that and you kind of get this like little edgy spark inside of you that feels great. Also receiving, you know, like if someone offers to buy you the coffee or the meal that day, just say thank you. You don't have to explain yourself or fight um, or even... You know, one of the things that comes to mind for me is this um, complimenting. When people compliment you, just say thank you. You know, oh, this old thing I got, blah, 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 or, or, oh, I love your shoes. I, you know, you don't have to do that. I remember one time this woman complimented me. I was at like a red carpet event, I think in LA. And um, this woman was like, oh, I love your outfit. You look so great. And I was like, thank you so much. And the way she looked at me was like, are you going to compliment me back now? And that was a tough one for me where I was like, no, we're practicing this, you know, hold this. And eventually she just kind of smiled and walked away. But it was an important moment for myself to like, I, I'm not, I don't have to people please here. I get to receive. Yeah. That's something that I teach in my membership too, about receiving in terms of manifestation because it's huge. And complimenting is one of my examples because that is our habit of as soon as someone gives you something, they're giving you a gift. They're giving you, Hey, I notice you. I see you either. You look beautiful or I'm happy to be in your presence. Like that's what they're trying to tell you is I'm here with you and I'm happy to be here with you. And you're immediately throwing it back going either. No, 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 no. I'm not beautiful. Like rejecting the gift or no, no, no. I'm you're basically saying I'm not happy to be here with you and enjoy the gift you're giving me, or you're throwing it back. Like, yeah, I'm happy to be here with you too. You also look great. And it's just, you're throwing it immediately back. And I think that's such a habit 
And something that anyone can work on is just trying to take it in, just receive it, like give it a second. And it's okay to take it. Anyone listening going, wait, so I can't compliment back. It's not that. It's just take it for a second, hear it, see it, instead of immediately that reflex that doesn't really even mean anything because you're just immediately saying it back. And a lot of times you say it with such, um, like you have to be so quick about it, you feel. So it's like, you're just looking like, if I just look at Taylor and just, I like your hair. Like the first thing that comes to mind, it's not exactly genuine because you didn't even take time to think about it. (laughs) You know, it's like a defense mechanism almost of like, Oh, don't look at me. Um, and again, like that isn't to say I can't turn around and go like, I love your hair, but let it land and receive it. And don't say it from this place of obligation. It's I'm saying this from a place of I received and now I'm taking you in and I'm amazed by you too. Yes. I love let it land. That's exactly it. I love how you said that. Let it land. Give it a second. Let it breathe. I think so many people too just have such discomfort and quiet where they feel like they need to be saying something all the time. You can't just be with each other. And it's something I've noticed with people too, men and women, where it's like, we need to be doing an activity. Like when we plan something, even with friends, let's do an activity. And I I love an activity, but sometimes we can just be with each other. Like we can just be, you know, I think that's something that we really struggle with. Mm -hmm. It's intimacy. Mm -hmm. It's so intimate. Like there's nothing more intimate than let's just be. It's yeah, I think, and it's really feminine too. Masculine is due, right? And don't get me wrong. The masculine gets to be as well. Um, (laughs) But, but they they want to do all the things. And in those moments, because I always say like the masculine leads the relationship physically, but the feminine leads it emotionally. And when it comes to those moments of silence, how can we hold it? Like I can hold the silence with you right now and just look in your eyes. And I don't think it would be awkward. I think we'd be like, this is so nice. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But again, that comes with practice, right? Like both of us, I know, as we even just talked about, have spent a lot of time practicing getting out of the habit of being those good girls and nice girls of the immediate, like you said, and I love the way you said throwing up masculine shields when you're trying, you were even saying the example of how you're trying to be feminine and, but immediately your knee jerk is throwing up a shield of like, don't look at me. Don't, you know, just, it doesn't make me uncomfortable because we're not used to being looked at in the way that we allow it. It's not that uncomfortable being cat called. It's someone that you love or care about being with you, spending time with you and saying, I appreciate you and you allowing that in. (laughs) Yeah. It's so pleasurable to just, we crave it as women. We crave it as feminine identifying beings, you know, whoever you are and, and, you know, um, we, we crave to be seen and witnessed and known. And it is our job as the feminine to hold that. And because we're so masculine, I think that's why so many people are not totally connecting these days is because we're so defensive. We're so shielded. And the women have always been the ones, the feminine has always been the one to take us deeper into our feelings and our emotions and our connections. Yeah. And I want to, to talk about what you talked about in your stories, because it was just so good. And in the way that I don't want anyone listening right now to be thinking, oh, they hate the masculine because that's the exact opposite of what we're saying. We're saying we love the masculine and you were 
I, we as women are in such a habit of being the masculine that we don't even appreciate what that looks like, I think, in a man because we don't allow them to be it. <laughs> and when you practice allowing that masculine energy in and you falling into your feminine, again, not all the time, but it's so great. And you don't, I want to talk about how you, you we were saying, basically, you don't need to be a bitch <laughs> because it's not attacking the, the masculine, it's allowing it in, allowing more of it. Oh, that's such a good way to put it. So basically what I was saying on my stories in my very sassy reflector way, <laughs> because I'm a reflector in human design, um, I was saying that as women are doing the work that I teach, the work that you teach as well, this like high value woman setting the standards and the boundaries and, and holding to them, Many of us have gotten very rigid in this belief system as well, where we're making men feel like shit and we're being really bitchy about it. You know, it's almost like it's, it, and it's funny because even my own journey has progressed with this as well, very, very deeply, but it's almost like every woman who does this work is suddenly walking around thinking, if you don't make $500,000 to a million dollars a year, you're a piece of shit. And that's kind of how we're acting. We're acting like, oh, you like, I, I, I dated this guy. He, again, he was so lovely. And he told me he went on this date with this girl who, from my perspective, just based off of what he said, had been doing high value woman work. And she basically said, my love language is gifts. And that means that like, I feel like you should have shown up on this first date with a Starbucks gift card for me and my friend to go to Starbucks. And I like, I don't really know why you didn't, because that would have meant that you really cared about me. And I feel like if we live together, there should be like a new designer bag, like waiting for me on the kitchen counter once a month. Uh, and that feels so Instagrammy to me, like the Instagram profiles that make that feel like that's normal. And don't get me wrong, it does happen in some relationships, but also you, you still have to earn that from somebody. You can't just come and expect it. And there's this entitlement amongst women who do this work of, if you didn't bring me a Starbucks gift card on this first date where we don't know each other, then you're not showing me you're a high value man. Or if you don't you know, pay for every single little thing that I do, then you're not a high value man. Or if you don't make more than this, or you have this type of, it's so bitchy. And what we're doing is we're setting men up for failure because they're gonna throw their hands up. Like men are actually far more emotional than women to be clear. Like their egos make them more emotional Them wanting to repress their emotions, make them more emotional. They're going to shut down and we've been seeing them shutting down and going, why should I even try? Why should I even care? I'm like a good man who does the right things and women are literally treating me like shit. And so we're setting them up for failure, which means we're setting ourselves up for failure. There's this massive divide in the dating world right now. And even in the relationship and marriage world where we don't want to see eye to eye. It's my way or the highway. And either you spoil me like a princess with millions of dollars. Otherwise, I don't value you. And some of the most amazing men I've ever met maybe can't do those things financially. But what they do is even better because it's the little things. It's the extra thoughtfulness. It's their kindness. It is their vulnerability, their connection, the way they listen to you. And we don't even have space for them if we don't think they can afford it. It's very strange. Yeah, that's so upsetting to hear. Like women don't be assholes, okay? Yeah. <laughs> it's gross. And I am kind of having a, oh yeah, my, one of my good friends who's a man, he was telling me about a date that he went on where he loves bowling. He's really good at it, like has his own bowling balls, the whole thing. And they went on a date. He was trying to share what he's passionate about with this woman. And she basically told him, 
exactly that he was giving her the ick because he was passionate about bowling, that he was into it. And I was telling him too, this ick thing has gone way too far. It can be really funny the way that anything can be funny, like a trend where you're just you know, when you see the, I've seen some really funny TikToks where it's like, oh, I'm trying to think of one where um, this girl's boyfriend, like the way he was wearing something, I forget what it was. It was like his shoes or something. And it just like looked so ridiculous. And, you know, that's something that obviously he's in on it and it's funny. That's funny. But to just be picking out people's things that they're passionate about, their hobbies, things about them and saying it's giving me the ick, especially to their face. It's just ridiculous. Oh my God. I feel like I have so much to say about this, but there is a difference between a standard and a preference. Okay. So you might have a standard that a man is X, Y, and Z, and then you have preferences. I would like it if he, you know, didn't like bowling, but it's not going to like break the deal. If he's a bowler, that's what he likes. It's not my thing. You know, like for me, all of my friends love to play volleyball when we get together. I'm not going to play volleyball, but I'm not going to say, oh, well, it's my standard that I don't date men who play volleyball. That would be so strange for me to try to take away sovereignty of this person who has their own things. Instead, I'm gonna sit on the sideline and be a cheerleader. It's my preference that they're sitting there with me, but it's not my standard. I think people don't understand that. So if you're taking preferences and making them an ick and making them a standard that's never going to fly, I met the most lovely, handsome, kind, tall, funny, delicious man, and he is a Swifty. And I could see how so many women would be like, that's such an ick that he's a Swifty. And I'm like, he's not hurting anybody. Like he, he likes Taylor Swift and she's a great musician. Like <laughs> that doesn't hurt anyone. If he wants to go to her concerts and know all, all the names of her cats, he gets to, you know, but that, that's a preference. That's not a standard. Oh, that's so good. Yeah. That distinction. I think you make people feel unsafe when you are, they're sharing something about themselves that is vulnerable. Like that guy probably knows being a Swifty, it can go either way. The girl's either going to be into it or she's not. And he's being vulnerable with you and saying, here's something about me. I'm showing you something. And when the girl goes, ew, that gives me the ick, he's immediately going to shut down and feel unsafe to share anything in the future. And to there's that trust is already broken before anything's even starting. And that's, you know, women say, oh, I want him to share with me, or I want him to be texting me, wanting to see me or checking in on me to see how my week is going. Why would you think a guy is going to want to check in and see how your week is going after you just told him that you, he, he gave you the ick, like that he doesn't feel safe anymore. It's the same way when women don't, when you text a guy as a woman and he doesn't text back, or he spends several hours texting back, I immediately feel unsafe. Like if you spent more than three hours being away and it's not that you haven't been doing an activity and you come back and say, Oh, so sorry. I was out all day with my friends that, you know, giving me an example, but if it's just like, Oh, I've waited hours or the next day. And then I respond, I don't feel safe anymore. I'm not texting you anymore. You've broken the trust. I don't feel comfortable because I feel like you're just going to leave me stranded out there. That's the same thing with a man. When you say something like that, when he's trying to share with you and you immediately shut it down, like he's not going to do it again. This is the next level of this conversation, and I'm really glad that we're having it because not enough people are. You know, like we spend so much time talking about all the all the red flags to look for and the green flags to look for and do this and don't do this, but we're not actually talking about how unsafe we're making others feel just being human. 
and relationships they they come with safety like you have to feel safe with somebody in your presence even friendships like you wouldn't be friends with someone who made you feel like that so why would you date somebody who made you feel like that and um you know it's it's this like i i really want to highlight that yes have your preferences have your standards but you want to be loved for all that you are, including your mess, including your magic, including your quirks and your funniness. And you would hate to be dating someone who like, you, you shoot them a funny wink across the room and they're like, babe, don't do that. And you would feel so unsafe and shut down, but we're doing it to them. And I don't see what, like why we think that that's okay when we're telling people love me for all of me, but also you need to be perfect. It doesn't make sense. No, make it make sense. Make and- it make sense. <laughs> <laughs> It's just kind of human decency, I think. And a lot of that has been thrown away or forgotten. And hopefully I think people are reawakening to it with the type of work that you share. And I know because I see it obviously through you, but other people that are trying to share this balance and it's there's a way to be kind and strong and there's a way to have boundaries and not be a bitch. And there's a way to allow men to be in their masculine and not expect them to do everything. Like you still do things. You still clean the dishes and you, it's a partnership, right? Like we want a partnership. We don't want someone that's our butler or assistant or whatever, you know, (laughs) you're looking for a partnership. (laughs) I'm laughing so hard because I remember like when I was ready to open up to dating again, after my last relationship ended, it was a long time for me to heal from that one. And I was talking to my friend and I was like, girl, I don't know if I want a boyfriend or an assistant. I think I want an assistant. (laughs) I can throw this out there too, because I'm, I like like daddy energy men, I really do. Like I love a Capricorn daddy vibe. Um, but I learned it the hard way too, where if they're being like this hyper masculine, like I do everything for you all the time from the beginning, that's actually a little bit of a red flag. And I fell into that a couple times dating really great men who did everything for me from the moment they met me. And I'm like, I think this is love bombing, but it feels really good. So I'm just gonna keep letting it happen. But again, this stuff should be earned. Otherwise, you're actually dating somebody who would just do it for anybody sitting in front of them. It's not necessarily about you. And it's their own wounds within their masculinity of, well, here's what I have to be to be worthy of love. And and that always ends poorly. Like you can choose them, but you're going to be choosing someone who doesn't really know you. And they're operating from this weird hyper alpha masculine space of this is what I'm supposed to do. And if you want to be a woman who has a really delicious relationship with a man who does these things specifically for you because you are you, it's going to take time. It's going to take safety. It's going to take comfort. I always tell my clients, I'm like, be the woman who it would be so easy to take care of. Be the woman who would be like effortless and easy to provide for. Don't just expect it. Yeah, I'm so glad you brought that up because there is a danger with the love bombing. And I always think of it with dating, it should be like a tennis match, like match each other's energy. Like I hit the ball, you hit the ball back, match the energy. And that's where there's the the different, different, that's not a word, the <laughs> distinction of the desperate energy and the just being there, like being, I want to get to know you. It's the I text you, you text me back. Not that I text you, you text me three more times. And then when I don't answer right away, again, you text me that, of course that's gross, but having someone show up saying I'm interested and you're showing up back. I'm also interested. Like, let's figure this out. I think a lot of people try to just throw themselves in there thinking that there's that, it's that lack scarcity mindset of, 
oh, this guy seems normal. He seems to care. He's showing up. He's being respectful. He's being a great guy. So this must be it. I better grab him <laughs> quickly because there's no other ones out there. And all the good ones are taken and all those fear stories that people have, the scarcity lack mindset. It's like, I promise you, there's some really, really great guys out there, just as you know that there's really great women. And the reason why you're not seeing them is because of your lack mindset. And this guy might be really, really, really great, but he still might not be the one for you. Like take your time with it and get to know each other. Don't throw yourself in. And if he's throwing himself in, already talking about serious commitments being wild that's love bombing like right away and you don't want that either absolutely and it's really easy to fall into when we're doing the feminine masculine work of he's doing all the things and don't get me wrong like i'm all about feminine energy lean back and let him show you who he is and witness so maybe i'm not so much match point as i'm like let him serve a couple times before you hit the ball back um but but it not in a way of game playing in a way of true polarity I think once you enter the realm of game playing and manipulation, you're not creating a connection. You're creating an unhealthy game of cat and mouse. And again, cat and mouse can be healthy and fun, but if you're creating a toxic version of that, the the unsafety, like we're sending people out into the world, out back onto Hinge and Tinder and Bumble and all these things, feeling so unsafe because of all the game playing. I think it's just really, really, really important that we talk about this stuff. And I think that we're all a little bit guilty of this and that's okay. We get to clean it up now. Yeah, absolutely. I know that for me, especially growing up, you would always hear about, you know, wait to respond and this and that. And for me, I don't do that bullshit anymore because of it's how do I expect someone to not play a game with me if I'm playing a game with them? If I'm on my phone and I see the text come in and I am waiting just to respond because that's the right amount of time to respond or whatever, I'm playing a game. How do I expect him not to play the game back? It's, of course, if you want to take time to think about, oh, what would be like a cheeky thing to say or what would I want to say? Of course, take a beat, like take the time. But if you already know what you want to say, don't be waiting. Oh, I got to wait 20 minutes to respond. Like, that's just stupid. Yeah. And, and I'll say it, too, because sometimes I'll be on a client call with someone and be like, he just texted. OK, I should text back. And I'm like you're on a coaching call. You don't have to text back right now because I work with a lot of anxiously attached women. So they're auditioning constantly. So I feel like so much of my work is like, pull it back, be present with who you're with and then get back to him later. That's also okay. But again, it's not game playing. It's it's don't run and chase him, but also like don't play games with him, but also don't avoid him because you're playing this deep, dark, mysterious game. Be a person in the world who has a life and, and just exist and see what happens. <laughs> you're cracking me up have a life no but actually have a life like a life. you had a life before this person and you should still be having a life now it's again that desperate energy no one wants someone that doesn't have anything going on or they throw everything away just for the opportunity to be with them like that's not cute either you know it's all a balance of just be a normal person <laughs> And it's hard. And I get that because there's so many things going on in our brain. Literally, the neurotransmitters in our brain are reacting as if we're taking an illegal substance like that withdrawal of, oh, he texted me. I want the next dopamine hit of the next text of the next time he wants to see me of the next time he gives me that attention, that validation of you're beautiful or I really like you or let's hang out again. And if you're not hearing that, your brain starts freaking out going, maybe he doesn't like me anymore. And it's that just it's craving that next dopamine rush. So it's telling you, how do we get it? How do we get the next hit? 
And it's okay to <laughs> take a minute, realize, oh, my brain's doing that thing. And it's not actually me. It's not actually me needing him to tell me. He just told me he liked me yesterday. Like, I don't need <laughs> to hear it again today, you know? Unless he wants to say it, then I'll totally receive it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but not needing it, right? It's that difference between the want and the need. And when it shows up, that's great. And to receive it, not to throw it away, but not needing that, like you said, the anxious attachment. And that was really interesting. The word you said, auditioning. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So, I mean, typically my clients, again, they're anxiously attached leaning, so not avoidant leaning. And, and there's this idea, I think, that we're raised with as women as a whole to audition for men and the approval of men. We all have this wound. Within anxiously attached women, it's like magnified by 10. And so it's this, you know, we go on these dates and we're perfect and we're pretty and we're doing the right things and saying the right things and we self-abandon because if they say, I love football and we don't like football, we go, me too. I love that. <laughs> pick me, right? Choose me. And I don't want to like call it the pick me girl. Of course, we know what that is, especially if we're on the internet. But it, but it is that ch please choose me energy and I'll do anything to be chosen. And that is, it is a red flag for yourself. It is a red flag about you for you that you have to know about because what happens is down the line, he doesn't know who you are actually because you put on this persona and you're going to feel like you're in this cage of this persona that you built to be loved and to be chosen. And so when it comes to the auditioning, again, it's, it goes back to the good girl conversation, like learn how to be a bit of a bad girl, learn how to say like, eh, I don't like sports. You know, like if he says, oh, my, my favorite team is the Chargers, you can be like, oh, is that basketball? Like you can play with him a little bit, um, you know, and I do that all the time. Like I went to a Rams game with a guy and there's a, a player on the Rams. Um, like, I don't know sports, like to be clear, his name is uh, Puka Nakua. And I consistently say to this guy, I'm like, oh, Taka Watutu is my favorite character on the Rams. Like, and it's, and it's because I don't give a shit about sports, but I'm still willing to play. Um, so, and it, it's also me being a bit of a bad girl. It's me being a little bratty in the way of like, I'll do it with you, but it's, it's not for me. And I'm going to continue to show you I'm not a sports girly. And I think a lot of women are really afraid to say the wrong thing, do the wrong thing, look the wrong way. And it's so funny because I had this roommate and she was so much younger than me in an absolute mess years ago, years ago, years ago. And like mess. And I love her. We're still very good friends. And um, she told me one day, she's like, I'm going to give you the best piece of a dating advice ever. And I'm sitting there like as the professional with all these like licenses and certifications. I'm like, okay. And she goes, worst foot forward. And I was like, oh, oh interesting because some of so many of us want to put our best foot forward and put on the perfect act but that also can set us up for failure when it comes to being the, the full person with the stuff and the things and so I, I now like on on first dates I'll go what are your red flags and they're like like what am I looking for as far as in you red flags or in me I'm like you what are your red flags I'll, I'll tell you mine if you tell me yours and it's this fun way of loosening up the space of hey we're not perfect we're just people there's no pressure here like who are you actually I think there's something to that. Yeah. And I would challenge the anxiousness of how anxious are you going to be when someone falls in love with you and you've been pretending you like sports and you've been pretending you like that band and you've been pretending you like camping and you're the girl that's out there with her hiking boots <laughs> setting up the tent when you hate camping. How are you <laughs> going to feel? How anxious are you going to feel when he's in love with you and you're several years down the line? 
And you're going, I actually haven't even been myself this time. He's in love with a version of me that's not really even me. That would give me a panic attack. So exhausting. And I'll say like, even on first dates, I say things like, I'm so bougie. I'm so hard to impress. I'm the worst. And like, it's not totally true. It's a little true, but it's not, I mean, I'm a Leo moon, but it's, it's not totally true. But it's like, I kind of am giving this expectation of at my worst, I'm really difficult but it's, that's not me typically or me at my best. Right. And I like how you're being playful about it and just being honest, giving a little bit of, I'm a real human. I'm not this perfect Barbie girl, which you do look like a perfect person. <laughs> you're saying I'm not perfect. I'm human, but you're also not word vomiting, trauma vomiting, which I think some people do do where they go, okay, here are all the worst things about me. Like actually the worst things, not playful, like I'm bougie, whatever. But here's all these things just to be like, I want to put it out there and see if they still love me. Like, do you still love me with all this mess? And it's like, no, 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 no. That's, <laughs> don't do that either. We all have our shit, but you don't need to be like, these are the worst things about me. Would you still be interested? <laughs> totally. And I will tell you from somebody like me, like my perspective is, I, I personally have a huge pain point around the trophy wife stuff because men look at me and they perceive me as perfect little trophy wife because I carry myself in a very specific way. I was raised in old Hollywood. Like there's this, this air about me and it consistently replays itself again and again where I'm perceived as perfect. And then as soon as I'm not, they're not happy. They're not interested. And so I think that's why I learned this lesson too, of like the, the hyper pendulum swing of perfection. Like, no, 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 I'm a person. Like, I'm not going to come here and just, you know, be this idea of, of who you want me to be this projection. I don't want a man who wants a projection of a trophy wife. So again, it comes back to being human, being authentic. And my authentic self is this. So we have to be okay to be vulnerable and show these things. I have no problem saying on a first date, I have this wound where this, this is something that's really painful for me. And some people will receive it and some people won't. And that's perfect. That's exactly what we want. We want the people who can't receive you to weed themselves out. Right. And it's about knowing what you want, what you're looking for in someone, which I don't think a lot of women take the time to think about. Cause again, they're in that lack scarcity of, okay, well I'll just be out there. And then when someone's showing me interest, I'll see if I'm interested. But when you don't, I say that famous quote that I don't remember who it's from, but I say it really applies to dating too, where it's like, when you don't stand for something, you fall for anything. It's like, if you don't actually know what your values are, and then you're meeting someone and all those things are happening again in your brain, where you're actually becoming addicted to their validation and their attention, then you're, you're already too deep in going, I already have these feelings for them. And now I'm seeing that they don't want to have children or they don't want to get married or they aren't Christian or they're not, or they are religious and I'm not interested in that or whatever, these big value things that you hadn't take the time to talk about or think about what you actually want. And now you're too deep in because you're feeling these feelings and you're having that scarcity of like, well, I've never felt like this before. <laughs> so I can't let them go. And now you're too deep in before actually thinking about what you actually wanted before you went out and met people. Cause you could have met that person and gone, okay, let's see if we like each other. A couple of dates in, you see that a few of those really big things didn't match. You're not a match. And they could have just been a friend that you'll have for life. But now you've gone too deep in, you're in love with them. It's not going to work. Now they're out of your life and it's just heartbreak. 
exactly that. That is so, so important. Know what you want. Don't fall for anything. And like, love yourself and stand for yourself enough to stand through. Like, you might meet a guy who you're like, everything, he, he's everything I want. And then he says, I don't want kids. And you're like, I really do. How deeply are you going to love yourself to not audition and go, oh, that's okay, that's okay, and, and set yourself up for failure? You have to just love yourself enough to go, I think we're not a match, but I really like you as a person. Maybe we can stay friends and now you get to keep them, just like what you said. It's really, really, really valuable. Yeah. And that's really powerful too. I think that we haven't really made that clear in this conversation where we have been talking about how women that want a more masculine man, which again, it's not always masculine all the time, hyper-masculine, but they're saying that they want one and then they're not acting as, no, they're not allowing the man to be masculine. They're there being the masculine one, but there are people, right. That want a more feminine man and they want to be in their masculine that exists out there too. It's just about what you want. It's exactly like the right combination for you. And you get to stand by yourself for that. Like I will say anytime I've dated hyper-masculine men, I don't really like it. You know, like if they're not in touch with their vulnerability and their softness and their heart and their feminine side, like, I don't want them to be hyper-feminine. I've done that. That doesn't feel good for me. But if they don't have any of that, I actually feel very unsafe in my body around a, an ultra masculine guy because they just don't understand me at all. Like, it, like we're too different. Um, and, and I had to come to terms with that is me. Like, I'm okay being someone who's say different than my best friend who likes a little bit more of a domineering dominant man over her. Whereas I want someone who's not very jealous and is playful and feels like my best friend, but with sexy energy and cries at beautiful movies like I do. Like, I really like that energy and it's okay. Same. Yeah. That's, I think, just really knowing yourself. Because for me, my biggest thing is communication and thoughtfulness. Like if someone is, I can tell that they're listening to me, they bring something up that I said before, which you think is just would be the bare minimum, but it's really not. But when they're really thinking about me and I can tell that they were thinking about something I said and bring it up later or check in on that, where they're just thoughtful or they're communicating in a way that I know they are emotionally intelligent, that they've done work on themselves because communication is a skill. It is a skill and it can be learned by anyone. Just most people don't take the time to learn it. <laughs> Most important thing. Oh my gosh. And like bless the men who are in their more hyper-masculine energy who don't know how to do it because if they could just tap into it, they would have such better relationships. Like it's heartbreaking to watch them. I saw this masculinity account the other day post about how women are not attracted to weak men. And they showed this video of women judging this guy who was crying because he lost his best friend that year. And it wasn't like sobbing. He was just tearing up and like wiping his tears. And he was like, that was my brother and I lost him. And these women were like, he's at the bottom of the attractive list out of all the guys here. And they're like, women don't like vulnerable men and you're weak and you're this. I'm like, that guy was the hottest guy in the lineup to me. He felt the strongest. When a man can show, show his emotions like that, I think that's strength. Absolutely. And just knowing exactly. First off, I always say there's a, a lid for every pot. You really are going to be perfect for someone and they can't see you. They can't find you if you're not being yourself. So that video, a lot of women were probably watching that going, oh my God, give me this man immediately. And then there's all the people that are going, oh, this is giving me the ick, you know? So it's like, you just have to be yourself because there's always going to be people that are so about you and so not into you. You can't be changing who you are to match that, right? Like you were saying with the auditioning and everything like that. I think it's just really knowing what you're looking for because 
the way that you know is by going out and dating and meeting different people and seeing like how you were saying, I have been with someone that was more feminine and I have too, where that didn't work for me. But I also, like I said, I need the communication. <laughs> That's the biggest thing to me. And knowing too, what kind of dater you are, like something that was huge for me when I was younger is I used to think that I needed that electric chemistry right away. It was like, that was it. And if I didn't have that, then it was like, I'm not interested. And I realized as I got older that I actually am a slow burner because of the things I'm most attracted to are the communication and the thoughtfulness. And you don't see that when you first meet someone that you don't know if they're thoughtful or how they communicate because you just met them. Right. So I need someone I need time for someone to give that opportunity to me of their showing up for me. Like I need someone checking in on me during the week. How's your week going? This and that, not just, Hey, when do you want to hang out? Like three days before the weekend that doesn't work for me. So <laughs> it's knowing, are you a slow burner? Or are you someone that needs that electricity right away? For me, I, I never thought I, it could build. And for me, it can, like I can be friends with someone and develop feelings. Like I can be dating someone and think, uh, I don't really, I'm not sure. And then it builds for me because of the things that I'm most attracted to. And I think you only know that from dating and realizing, okay, I had that electricity with that person that was really not a healthy dynamic and not something I'm interested in. And it also happened when I tried it again and that also didn't work. But when I was in a slow burn, that actually was a really healthy relationship. Even if it wasn't my match, it worked for a long time. Exactly that. And I'm the same with the slow burn. And I, I was explaining this to a friend of mine. I was like, dating apps don't really work for me because like, I don't, I don't fall for strangers. And I think about all of my last relationships that were really beautiful. And like all of them, I knew them for a minimum of three months before we started dating. And it, like, whether it was in dating capacity or we were doing a play together or we were in the same friend environment or whatever, it was like, I got to know you and witness you and see you over time. And that's what built for me. And for anyone who feels like they have to have the electricity up front, I would even challenge that and challenge you to give people who wouldn't typically be your type a chance to, to grow something with you. Because if the electricity in your life has been like leading to chaotic relationships, try something different. Like I, I usually say it probably takes like three to seven dates, honestly, to really feel if you could be connected with somebody because you're starting from zero. You're starting from like, hey, stranger who we have no friends in common and we don't have community in common and we don't know, like, it, it's so strange. I really see dating apps are working their way out. I really believe that. That's a different conversation, but the, the trends coming up that I'm seeing in 2024 and beyond, especially with Pluto's move into Aquarius, I'm really seeing more community being more important. I feel that too. I think that on dating apps, you really just, there's so many people that I've dated or was interested in that I would have never swiped for. Like I could never tell from a profile like that never worked for me. And I think that a lot of people are starting to realize like just getting back into the community and you can meet friends of friends. Or I think too, when I think that lack scarcity thing too, when people go into a bar or an activity or they're at the beach or whatever, and you meet someone and you connect with them. I think a lot of people shut down after that and they go like, oh, well, I met this person and I got their number and that's great. 
I feel like there's been so many times that I've seen with friends and myself where you go in and you meet someone and you're like, this is exciting. We, there's a connection here. But then later that night, you literally meet someone else that's a better match. And if you're not open to, I think just a lot of women immediately shut down, like, okay, I'm interested in this person. It's like, stay open because you have no idea. And if you are open, you'll be able to make multiple connections and then figure out what's the best match for you. That's my favorite thing right there. Open energy and and don't just like commit and close down because men don't do that. Men are not like, I met this great girl, so I'm going to delete all my dating apps now and I'm never going to talk to anybody else until they have that conversation with you of, hey, I want to take this deeper. You're single. You're open. Keep your energy and your options open until you find the right person for you. Yeah, I 100% agree. So do you, your take on it is that women should be dating multiple people until they have some sort of commitment. And do you think that men should be the same? <laughs> um, I think that men do it. I think men are already doing it and women are not. Um, that doesn't mean I think that we should be sleeping with multiple people. I, I do believe that our bodies are very sacred and who we let in is important. But if we're going out and enjoying connections with multiple people who may or may not be test driving us, uh, it, it's impossible to know. Too many women have had time wasted, especially if you want children. I absolutely think that our options should be open and there's no hiding it. There's no lying about it. If someone asks me, oh, are you seeing anyone else? I'll say at this time, my options are open until I have the commitment that I'm looking for because I am looking for my future husband, my future forever person. You know, could be you, could not be you. There, there's no pressure here. I'm just enjoying this time. And also because men are a little bit more territorial, men want to compete for things, it actually makes them fall for you deeper too. Some of them it will make them walk away because they'll be pissed and likely they weren't really in it for the long run anyway. But for men who are really serious, they will take that as an initiation to, to drop into their masculinity and get more serious sooner. And so it's really a win-win for both people. Right. And I think that's so important that there's a difference right there where it's not, I'm just dating around, running around just for the thrill of it. It's you're looking for your husband and trying to find out if that's you. So it's like, you're serious about it. It's not that you're just, again, running around, you're finding your match. And so a man that is also trying to find his match is going to go, oh, okay, I get that. I respect that. And I want to be that person for you, or maybe we're not a match, but that's not going to throw them off. And I think someone that is just dating around for the fun of it is that's going to be like, okay, no thanks. Then like, that's gross <laughs> and run away, which is perfect. It's so it, it's almost like you would think it would be the opposite, but nope, that's exactly how it is. And um, and also I tell women, like, you don't have to do the girlfriend thing if you don't want to, depending on your age range. Like for me, girlfriend feels like I'm 17 years old. I'm not. I'm a woman who's dating until I meet my fiance and my husband. So if someone says, okay, I want to lock it down and be, you know, be my girlfriend, I will say, I don't really do the girlfriend thing. I am in this with you. Um, and I, and I would love commitment at some capacity, but I am pretty serious about being a wife and, and having a husband. And again, taking the pressure off of them because men can get pressury with that stuff saying it doesn't have to be you. It really doesn't. I'm enjoying our time together. I'm just being really intentional here with my time. That's some bad girl energy that you can implement. And it's really, really healthy. I would love to ask, how does someone, if they walk into a bar, a woman walks into a bar, she sees a man, how do you recommend, do you feel like someone needs to come up to you? Do you feel like they can go hit on the person? I get asked this all the time on TikTok. So I would love to hear your take because you're a feminine goddess and I would just love to know. 
Well, I think that we should go to a bar together and um, try it on for size. I now that we're both in Orange County. Um, so, so I'm all about a fe like feminine energy person dropping a handkerchief. So I wouldn't go up and hit on someone and ask for their number. Um, but I wouldn't not talk to them either. You know, like I can make eyes. That's one feminine way. It may or may not work, especially depending on your age range. Again, you know, most people might be married in your age range, so it can be tricky. You can walk up to someone and they have a menu in front of them and you're like, can I see that really quick? And now you've opened the, the window or you can like, what are you drinking? That looks really good. I've never been here before. Oh, have you been here before? Okay, I'm going to try that. You know, you're now opening the door for them to pursue and make the move. But as the feminine energy person, I would not pursue. Yeah, we're a hundred percent on the same page. And I like that you called it the handkerchief. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It's that it's the metaphorical, obviously we're not walking around with handkerchiefs, but you're dropping your handkerchief. It's giving them an opening to then go, oh, I won't want to talk to you. It's an invitation where you made it so minimal and casual that they don't feel threatened or nervous and they don't feel like you hit on them when you you actually did you're letting them be the men and hit on you but you definitely did it first i completely agree i've noticed men are scared shitless like they are scared shitless and if you think that they're not you're wrong they want to talk to you and i know because i think there's that misconception with the if he wanted to he would and it's not true. It's not true. They're so terrified. Taylor's like cracking up on the screen, but they're so terrified and they would love to talk to you if you give them that opening. And it's just a small thing. It could be that just looking at them, but I find just talking to them like a human being and it can be, I mean, there's it just whatever comes natural. And I, if you literally just walk up into the space that they're at, like at a bar, usually they're with a group of guys not talking to anyone. And you just walk up and say like, hey, can I put my drink here? Like with your girlfriend and like, hey, can I perch here, you know, on this table or whatever? That's all you have to do. Literally, that's it. And they will take it from there. But they're so terrified having to walk across the room and possibly get rejected is the worst thing that they could think of. So just doing one simple thing where it opens it up to them being able to say hi, where you could literally just say hi too, just say hi and see what happens. Yeah, I, I want to go back to the if he wanted to, he would, because this is such a funny conversation that I keep having. And I, I actually really stand by if he wanted to, he would, but only in really specific context, because I do believe that. And I think that that specific context, I know that it is when I'm talking to anxiously attached women who are dating somebody and they're going, why hasn't he texted? Why hasn't he this? Why hasn't he hasn't set up another date? He hasn't. And so I say to them, if he wanted to, he would. And that is to remind them to calm the F down. Like, calm down. If he wants to continue to pursue you, he's, he's going to do it. And if he doesn't, then he may genuinely not be interested. Don't work yourself up and, and start creating these stories in your head. So it's for a very specific type of woman who has the spiral to remind her. And I have to remind myself of that too. Like, if he wants to pursue it, he will. You know, like the door's open. I'm being warm, kind, inviting. I'm dropping handkerchiefs. I'm being clear about my intentions. So it's like, I'm not like being rigid and bitchy and like, why isn't he doing this? Like, I wouldn't hit on me either or like pursue things with me either. But I have, there's nothing in me that feels like, if we just had a great date and I was very clear and you haven't set up a second date, I will sit in if he wanted to, he would. And if he does want to, and he's not, he's not strong enough for me. So that's where that fits in. Yeah. I love that. I think that's so true. It is. 
it's just, I think it's put on across the board. Like if he wanted to, he would across the board and exactly how you said it is perfect. I think if he's interested, he definitely will make it clear. And when you're wondering, does he like me? Does he like me? Does he like me? That's where it's like, he probably doesn't, or he probably doesn't enough because men will make it clear if they like you, they will be trying to see you. They will be trying to talk to you. Maybe it's not in the time frame that you want or in this exact moment, getting a text like you want, but they will make it clear. So I'm glad you said that because I agree. There's, it's both. It just depends on the context. It doesn't mean anything about you if he isn't. I also want to make that clear because it's also not putting this on you that you're not good enough for him to do it. It might just literally be that he's had a crush on another girl for seven fucking years. And like, she's just like, she's starting to talk to him again. Or it might be that there's so many women on the dating app. It's just too much for him. And you kind of fall into just another girl on a dating app, right? So there's a lot of reasons. It's not about you. It's just like, just keep moving. Just keep moving. Just keep moving. Yeah. And I think that's where men don't take it as personally as women. I say that all the time. I really think I've watched my guy friends where they go, okay, yeah, that didn't work out. Of course that stings sometimes, but they just keep it moving because it, they don't take it on as there's something wrong with me. It's exactly if you think about your guy friends who you adore and you love them. You love it. It just, they're not a match for you for whatever reason in that romantic way. They're great freaking men, but they're not for you. And it's nothing, there's nothing wrong with them. It's nothing personal. It just isn't a match. And I think women need to take that on that. Oh, it's just not a match. <laughs> That's a really great mindset. Yeah. Uh, something I wanted to ask you about that you posted about that I love, and we talked about it a little bit, but you have this video where you're talking about strange ways that you're manipulating men. Can you talk about that? <laughs> yeah, I mean, we kind of did a little bit. Um, it, the, the auditioning piece where you're kind of pretending to be somebody that you're not is absolutely manipulation with men. And that's like the main one that I would highlight. If there's any sort of pretending, pretense, um, you're, you're acting as if, or you're acting as if you're someone you're not, or you're acting as if you're the trophy wife, or whatever it is that would be inauthentic to you in a way that says, I'm gonna be this because it's what he wants is absolutely manipulation. And we don't mean to do it. Again, it is this conditioned auditioning, but it is manipulation. It is it is going, how do I be the one that he chooses? And then you, you are also bait and switching him later. Like as a woman in the dating world, I've been tricked a lot of times. And I know what that feels like to have a guy who's like, look, I'm perfect and I'm Prince Charming and I'm all the things. And then later they, they show me something different. You're literally doing that. And I'm sure that if you're someone hearing this, you might, it might be triggering to hear that, but self-awareness is sexy. Like it's important for you to go, oh yeah, I did that too. And take, and take that personal responsibility so that you can start being more of yourself. But the way that we manipulate men, also the whole, we, we started the podcast with this, right? Of like this weird pretend dark feminine Instagram thing is so weird. Dark feminine energy is about your shadow side. Like all the yucky shit about you that you have to integrate and learn how to love. It's not like I'm being this bitchy girl walking around in a pencil dress and like making men fall at my knees. Do you have that ability in your feminine energy? Yeah, but but if you're using manipulation as a tactic to make men do things for you, that's not right either. Yeah, I'm glad you brought that up because there's that freaky part of TikTok. I'm sure it exists on Instagram too, but 
it's really scary. And there's a lot of creators out there going like the ways to manipulate men or to make him crawl back to you or to make him obsessed, which is why I made a video saying how to make him obsessed with you or something like that. And it's my most viral video because number one, <laughs> she's dying laughing. Number one, it goes viral because these girls that are in their desperate energy, which a lot of them are really young girls, which we were there, obviously we were there and it's just growing up, learning these things about yourself. And we, you know, you do the work and you become more mature and you, you get out of that lack scarcity mindset and you become a high value woman like you teach about. But when you're young, you're just going, oh, okay, you're trying to learn. It's like how we used to pour over those magazines, like Teen Bop and <laughs> Teen Vogue or whatever it would say, you know, things that guys like about girls or whatever. It's like, you're just curious and you're trying to figure it out. And, but there, these videos are so dangerous. And I made my video because it was trying to counteract that. And if you watch the video, I'm saying ways to make them obsessed with you. And I'm slowly one by one taking these weird methods that are manifestation methods. One was called the whisper method. One's the perfume method. And they're really creepy. And it's about you envisioning like whispering into the guy that you likes ear saying you love me or you're going to text me or whatever, like so scary. And then the perfume one is writing his name on a piece of paper and folding it up and spraying it with your perfume. Like it's all these really creepy things that you do not need to be doing because also how disempowered do you feel when you're, when you're doing that, you're giving all your power to this man in the weirdest way. And so for me, I was just trying to disentangle all of this and saying in the video, I pretty much say it's your power. You're giving it away to this person. And when you bring your power back and cut off this desperate energy, transmuted into magnetic energy, they very often reach out to you or you very often get them interested in you because they feel it's it's energetics. They feel it. But that's not the point of it, obviously. The point is that you're empowered and then you go on to find your best match or your manifest love that you're looking for in a way that's in a, a very healthy relationship. But it is really freaky and unfortunate and the creators are doing it because they know it'll go viral because of these young women that, of course are curious and they're trying to learn and trying to figure out their sensuality and their feminine and everything like that. So it's, it's just unfortunate, really. This has been one of the trickiest parts about being like a coach and a creator online for me as well is every time I post something that's like meaner, bitchier, rigid, like rigid vibes, it goes so much further than when I post things that are genuinely in light and in love. And, and it, barely goes anywhere. I have the same video of how to make him obsessed with you. And I think it's more on the empowered side too. Um, I can't even remember what I said. I just remember I was in a really cute dress, but, <laughs> but everything that you just mentioned, like the perfume method, that's, that's technically witchcraft. Um, and I will say like, I love a little witchcraft. I love that we're bringing some bruja magic back into the feminine because witchy magic stuff is very feminine. But like you said, it's disempowered. You know, like we have to use magic for empowered reasons. If if someone lets you go, breaks up with you, and you're doing all this magic to get them back, you're you're abandoning yourself. Someone said, I don't want this with you anymore. And the universe is moving things out of your way to invite in what you asked for. When my relationship ended with my ex, which literally the last time we talked to me, he and I were still together and living together and so happy and in love. We were so happy. So when it ended very suddenly and I was so caught off guard, I really had to take personal responsibility for how many quantum leap meditations I had been doing, visualizing myself getting proposed to. And 
he wasn't in that frequency. So the universe go, went, okay, you asked for this. We're going to take you there. And if I would have just like done all this manipulation and witchcraft and stuff to get him back, I wouldn't have actually been in my feminine and in my flow moving with the universe and receiving what the universe knows is better for me. This is me taking things into my own hands, assuming that I know best. But I, as much as we are God, like the universe knows better than we do. And so trust and surrender in that process is going to be more powerful than any spell that you cast. I think that people that have never been through a heartbreak, like the one that you experience, it's like that heartbreak where it's usually your first love and it just feels like there's no way you're going to get past it. And that they absolutely are your person and there's no way that they're not all. It's just, it feels so strong. And again, it's those chemicals too happening in your brain with that severe withdrawal. And then your subconscious mind is freaking out, literally thinking you're dying because what was so familiar to you, which if you were with this person for multiple years, they're in your day to day, they're your best friend, they're your everything there. If you're living together, all that your subconscious mind goes, Oh, she's dying because this is so unfamiliar to me. And it perceives unfamiliar as dangerous. So it thinks like we're in peril, like we're not going to make it. And so you're actually freaking out. That's why it feels so terrible. And you think that you're not going to make it. And your subconscious mind is going, get back with him, get back with him, do anything you can to get back with him because it's the only way we're going to live. And again, that's a, a lie, but it's not to harm you. It's just your subconscious thinking that it is helping you, which it's very not helping. I think anyone that hasn't been through that first heartbreak doesn't realize that you get past it, that you don't feel like that anymore. And then in retrospect, you realize that's one of the best things that's ever happened to you. Even if that relationship for you at that age was so beautiful, there was so much love there and it taught you so many things. It just wasn't the one for your life. It wasn't your life partner. And a lot of times I think it's preparing you to be that person for your life partner. And you don't know that until you've been through it. So I think that's why it's so dangerous with these girls logging on going, help, help, help. Their subconscious is like, I'm dying. I'm dying. Help me. And they're searching. How do I get them back? How do I make them obsessed? How do I do this and that? And then they're just falling deeper down the rabbit hole of totally losing themselves in this man of not even remembering who they are, don't feel empowered and putting their power in these weird tactics, which you can call it witchcraft or manifestation or whatever, but really what manifestation is, is just making it clear of that, like what you want and what you want aligning with your highest good, if you're doing it right, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, you're so right. And I'll tell you, that was my fourth love. <laughs> like That was like, I had been engaged to my first love and ended it. And then I had two other big loves and then it was him. And, um, and that breakup really, like my best friend was like, I kind of thought you were going to die. But that was also my deepest, deepest initiation into surrender that I've ever experienced because I knew I didn't want to control it. Like I knew from just this really evolved place, like I'm going to let myself die and be reborn into whoever the universe sees me becoming because I've been asking for it. And I'll say even right now in, I have, I'm like looking at my client list. I have 10 clients right now. And I will say about eight of them in the time that we've been working together in the last few months, eight of them out of 10, their exes have come back. And the reason for that is because we didn't hold on and do weird manipulation things. We really practiced releasing them and letting them go and moving forward and being the women that they wanted to be. And it took weeks, not months, weeks for their exes to be like, oh my God, I think you're the only person for me. And most of them are not choosing their exes. Most of them are going, 
fuck, I really love him, but now I'm a different version of me and it's not the same anymore. So it's really, really interesting to see what actually takes place when we do this in the light. The work you do is so powerful. Can you really quick brag about yourself with the story you posted today or yesterday of a testimonial of a woman, her story, which, you know, keep it as vague as possible to protect her, but the type of transformation that she's had by working with you? Yes, I I posted quite a few testimonials yesterday, but I have two Instagram oh, Give us all. <laughs> okay, so, so I think the one that you're referring to is one of my past celebrity clients. And she basically told me that she had lost hundreds of thousands of dollars choosing the man that she chose and they had a child. And she chose a man who was not totally ready. She chose a man who was not, like, it was attraction and it was fun and it was sexy but it, it wasn't actually this deep empowered love. And she realized that she was also doing everything in her life like a man. She was working like a man. She was loving like a man. She was doing all of these things like a man. And then she had a child and her whole life just flipped upside down. And it became hundreds of thousands of dollars trying to get this man on board with being a good dad, being a good partner, please, please, just like chasing process. And she left him and we did our work together. And she had said like, I would have saved a lot of money if I would have just spent the money on working with you before I met him. And then she ended up dating like this amazing billionaire who was like treating her like an absolute queen. But what was fascinating about that billionaire is that even he wasn't at the frequency. And so we broke up with him too. She now is making, I think she's making, she went from making maybe like 80K a year in her side business to making 250K a year and being like a full-time mom and a full-time celebrity person and i don't know like she and the the transformation has been really crazy where the type of men that come towards her now and the type of woman that she is being that's the most important thing i'm trying to be as vague as i can with this but like the type of woman that she's choosing to be is like consistently setting these men up for success in their lives. And she's not even choosing to be in partnerships with them, but she's being treated like a queen at every corner. Her son is amazing. Like we call him a demigod because he's becoming an amazing man being in her presence. Like it's pretty wild. My clients are doing amazing things. Like the type of men that they attract, women who were financially providing for their men are suddenly like receiving gifts and flowers and provision for the first time in their life. You know, a woman who was broken up with by a man that she was like, no, I know this is my person came back instantly and was like, and move in with me. I'm going to take care of you. And that happened within two months of working together. Like, it's just amazing. A woman who was single for five years and hated men fell in love with herself in love with men in love with the Venusian Aphrodite way that I teach. And she's just like, everywhere I go, people are so kind to me. People are taking care of me. I'm getting free drinks from the bartenders. Like uh, women are stopping me to tell me I'm so beautiful. She met the man of her dreams. He's about to propose. They just got back from Paris. That happened in under a year. Like, it's just insane what happens when we become the women that we want to be. You're so good. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> so good. Uh, I love hearing all that. How amazing. And do you, I know you did so much work together, obviously, but the overarching thing is that they are stepping more into their feminine, right? They're becoming receivers instead of the masculine. Yes. And really kind ones. You know, I think that that I want to highlight is they're being really good to people and they're being really good to themselves. Like even some, like I've had so many people say my relationship with my mom is healing and I've never had a relationship with my mom because we're getting out of our own way. We're putting the ego and the rigidness aside and, and we're standing in heart and in love but also in an empowered boundaried way. Boundaries don't mean like, don't fucking talk to me like this. It's like, 
hey, I hear you. Thank you. I'll get back to you later about this. You know, it's, it's, I, I can't describe it anything more than becoming the woman you want to be in the world. Like when I say become the dream girl, I'm not talking about for him. I'm talking about for you. When I'm talking about be a high value woman, it doesn't mean any woman is high or low value. It's the woman who values herself, you know? So it is all about you. And then I give you the like muse work and I give you the strategy and of course all that fun stuff. I give you the rules so that you can become the exception. Mm -hmm. I talk about it as the it girl is usually what I use. And it's whatever feels best and feels most empowered, but it's, you're not doing it to get something. And that's the thing that I think we both talked about how we struggle on social media, where we're trying to share our work and we want people to heal from all this stuff. And we're giving you all the tools <laughs> in one spot and we're trying to reach these people, but it's, you have to, in the videos, you have to say like, do this to get this. And it's always about manifesting, you know, the relationship or the money or the home or the car or whatever. And all of that comes when you do the identity work and you upgrade your identity into the person that you're always meant to be. Why well, I say the it girl, but it's really just shedding all that bullshit programming and being who you are at your core. That's all it is. It's not becoming someone else. It's not like you said, those weird, dark seduct seductress or whatever is going on on TikTok. It's you, you're becoming you. It just, you, you kind of lost it along the way of society putting all of its bullshit on you. I always say the masculine's journey in this life is to become and the feminine's journey is to unbecome. And that's exactly what you just said. Oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, because it's so funny. Like I have this saying where I'm like, I, I haven't done a good job explaining it. Usually I draw it for my clients, but there's like where you begin is this like flat kind of like platform. And then it goes into this big like bubble of all these things that you're learning. And it's the pendulum swing and it's the boundaries and the standards and the this and the magic and the manifestation and all this stuff, the shadow work. And then you go right back down to that plateau again. And you're like, okay, I'm just who I am again with a whole new set of skills. And you don't, you're not actually as far. It's just, it's this internal growth, this internal change of everything that you were always supposed to be and everything you always wanted to be for yourself, but everything was getting in the way. And now nothing gets in the way. You just are her now. I have this funny story I'll give just really quick of, I used to tell the story about the woman in the red dress and how that was who I wanted to become. And I would visualize the woman in the red dress, but I was never really her until one day I just realized all I had to do was put the fucking red dress on. Like you just have to be her now. That's it. Yeah. And I think what you were just saying too, that I've noticed is the more that you evolve, because it's not something where I think too people go, okay, I just want to do the self-development work and then have it be done. And <laughs> I just want to be her, you know, and it, it is that, but it's also not because each step you evolve into more, you keep evolving, you keep evolving, you keep manifesting to that, those physical things, your physical reality gets better and better. And there's always new levels because if there wasn't, we'd be done. Like we, your life would be over. It's like, what would be the point? The point is we're always supposed to evolve into the next level of it. It's like almost a video game, but in the best way. And it's all a process of learning and unlearning. That's the thing that's like a mind F-U-C-K is that <laughs> it's such a learning and unlearning. Like you're constantly going, okay, I need to grow here, but here I was doing too much and I need to back it up. Like I was doing it right before. I just need to unlearn what I thought I needed to learn. It's so weird, but you figure it out. 
Oh, there's so much I could say about that, but that feels like a whole other podcast, <laughs> but it's exactly that. It's literally like, learn all the things, figure it out, and then just let it go. Mm-hmm. Just be it. The, the less you do, the more you receive. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, you just need to come back because obviously we could be talking for hours. For hours, honestly. <laughs> back, And this was so powerful. I just know there was so many moments where people are going, oh, wow. And if I want to say if you're listening and you felt like, oh shit, I've been doing that. It's okay. Like we've all been there and it's just that awareness, like you said, and peeling it back and where can I grow? Where can I start making small micro changes? You don't need to change everything about yourself. Just where can you make those little micro changes of, okay, I'm not going to play games like that anymore. And it will become a habit in once you make the habit, that's what you're living off of right now is the habits that you've created in the past. Like just create a new habit and it will be uncomfortable at first, but then it will just become part of your daily who you are. I'm going to put it in the show notes, but where can people find you on social media? Yes. So my new account on Instagram is at I am Taylor Carr, C-A-R-R. My website is upgradewithtaylor.com and I have TikTok as well. I think it is also I am Taylor Carr. (laughs) I'm pretty sure, but those would be the best places to find me for now. Yay. And I think I'm following the wrong Instagram account. So I need to go my old one. And I realized that I hadn't followed you on the new one. So I did today. You can find it there. But my old account, my blessed Tayfem account was like massively shadow banned. So it was time to start from scratch. And I'm so glad that I did. Sometimes that's the best, just starting fresh and finding those aligned people that just get it, you know? Exactly. Well, thank you so much, Taylor, for being here. And we will see you guys next Tuesday. Bye. Wait, before you go, I have a free gift for you. If you want a tool to help you transmute your desperate energy into magnetic AF energy in only 20 minutes, you guys, only 20 minutes, I guide you through this EFT video. You'll feel completely different after the video. Any desperation you feel about what you are manifesting will be completely transmuted in 20 minutes. So you can go from feeling desperate, that lack, fear, scarcity mindset around what you're manifesting, whether that's love or something else, you will feel magnetic AF powerful and be able to manifest that into your life. 20 minutes is all it takes. It's my gift to you completely free. All you have to do is leave a review on Apple Podcasts for this podcast. Take a screenshot of your review before you submit it. That's very important before you submit it. Then submit your review and DM me on Instagram your screenshot and I will send back the EFT video so you can get started right away. Your reviews mean so much to me personally and they mean so much to the podcast as a new podcast. The streaming platforms only push out a new podcast when they have reviews under them, pushing them out to people that have similar interests. So your support means the world. Thank you so much. Make sure you follow show on Apple or follow on Spotify so that you get first access when new episodes drop every Tuesday. They drop every Tuesday, 5 a.m. Pacific time. So I will see you here on Power Talk Tuesday. Until then, have a great week.